Let's uh, stand, if you are able, for the reading of God's holy word. Coming to us from a place you might think is odd for Advent, but I, I think that, uh, that you will, will get the point, I hope, in the message. This is from the 24th chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew, and it's, um, it's a, a verse here. But know this, if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. These are the words. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour which you do not expect. Bless us, O Lord, with your word and with your Holy Spirit, for you alone are able to open the word and also open our hearts and minds. In Christ's name, amen. Christmas is a busy time, isn't it? And I'm no different than you. I get preoccupied with things that are important, but that can always draw us away from that which is most important. In the midst of uh, getting gifts, you know, my little granddaughter in Tennessee, uh, she, she asked for two, two games, and we, uh, you know, games are getting expensive. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Being a Scotsman, I always uh, bothered by Christmas. I suspect that's why my family never made much of it, you know. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, she wanted these two games, and you know how much you love your children, you know. I love my children, but my grandchildren, those little sweeties down in Florida and the ones in Tennessee, I'll do for them what I would have never done for my own kids. Any other grandparents give a testimony? Can you give me a testimony? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and so she wanted this game, and Elizabeth, uh, she got on the phone, and she was trying to find it, and one of them we found rather quickly, but one we had to go all the way to Greensboro to get, but we went. And uh, I thought I would have a epileptic stroke when I went to pay for it, but <laughs> nonetheless, we got it. And uh, I got to talk to my son about asking her to ask for cheaper gifts. But anyway, the, the thing is that we get caught up in all that, don't we? Everybody does. And, and we all have expectations that we, we've just got to meet. Uh, I was telling the adult Sunday school class today that uh, Elizabeth bought me a one of those uh, uh, Ancestry.com kind of things, Ancestry tests. And, 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 you know, you are what you eat. Did you know that? <laughs> I took the test right after, I mean, immediately after eating lunch, I'd had fried chicken and turnip greens and black-eyed peas, and I, uh, I mean, I hadn't gotten to swap that and dropped it and mailed it off. Got it back, and it said, you come from a long line of Baptist preachers from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I think the food had more to do with it than the genetics. But anyway, we do get caught up in that, don't we? We get caught up in it. And sometimes in, in our business, don't we really lose focus? Lose focus on the real meaning of Christmas. 
And, and, and it's not because we're bad people. And that just happens. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about preparation. And I said that, that today's text may be a strange text to talk about a preparation and joy. And because that text in Matthew, those of you that know the Gospels, knows that it follows his warning about his second return. And he's telling the world that he's coming again. And, uh, and, uh, and we need to remember that next, uh, next Sabbath, if, uh, if I live, and we don't get snowed out again, you know, that's always a danger. Um, I knew we were in trouble when the government said the world was getting warmer. But the, the whole thing is that, that if we are able to be together next time, I want to talk about uh, the second advent. Because you can never understand the first without the second. But, but Jesus is, is speaking here. To, to his hearers that, that we do not know the hour that he will reappear. And one of these days, that's going to happen. And so he, he, he exhorts us and encourages us to be ready, to prepare ourselves for that second coming. But I, I want to take it back to the first advent. The first advent came in an hour when the world least expected it. Nobody knew about it except a few shepherds and, and some wise men from the east and just mostly nobodies, Mary and Joseph. But, but God knew about it, and God had appointed that hour. And, and, and it did come as a surprise, certainly to those shepherds in the field out there tending their sheep, and suddenly a heavenly host appeared. That must have been terrifying. It was because we told the angels, told them, don't be afraid. Mary and Joseph <clears throat> were perhaps the only two that were prepared because God had revealed already to them the meaning of this birth. But as we approach Christmas, I want to encourage you to spend time preparing. I put on my Facebook this week that the only thing I want for Christmas, and there, I've, got about, I've got a lot of people up here, but I have five people in particular I'm praying for. My brother Rick knows who, Billings knows who some of them are, that I've been praying for to come to salvation in Jesus Christ. And I hope you've got people praying. And, and nothing would happen Christmas that would thrill me more than for just one of them to find the Lord. And that's a part of my preparing for Christmas because each, each morning and each evening I, I've been appealing for those people by name, begging the Lord to save Christmas is a time that we ought to look in the depths of our hearts to prepare to really celebrate and rejoice in the meaning of Christ's coming. Had God not so loved you, had God not so loved you, and had he not sent his son you would be in a complete state of hopelessness now. 
because there is no way that you and I, with all of our sins, could stand in the presence of the Holy God. But God so loved you. Let's say that together. God so loved me that he sent his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So you see, that is the real gift of Christmas. And we need to prepare our hearts and re- in it and in rejoicing in, in the knowledge of that. Um, years ago, I used to be... I, I know Ray Dawson, I'm going to believe this. Years ago, I used to be a fairly decent golfer. And years ago, there used to be a tournament played once a year called the National Minister's Tournament. The only tournament where people might think bad words but never say them. (laughs) I know when I was in Ohio, they asked me, Preacher, do you ever cuss on the golf course? I said, no, I spit and the grass dies. (laughs) Lo and behold, before the end of the summer, there was some kind of blight came across our golf course. And there were brown spots showing up about this bed. Even, all around the course, couldn't hardly get a good lie. And finally, in the clubhouse one day, I came in for a sandwich between rounds, and they said, Preacher, you've got to either improve your golf game or quit playing because you're ruining our course. <laughs> but but the, the, the point is, I used to prepare. I played in that tournament and won my flight a couple of times. I prepared for it. I wore out the lawn in, at, at, at the church parsonage in Hickory and, and went every time I could get a little bit of money, I'd go to the practice range. And I worked and worked getting ready for that tournament. I prepared for it. I tried to do all I could to be ready for it. And getting ready for it, the end result, at least in two instances, was joy. And I think that's analogous to our spiritual life in a way. We're coming up on Christmas. Are you preparing? Are you readying your heart to receive Jesus in a more full and greater way? If you are, I promise you this. That the result of spiritual preparation always, sooner or later, brings you to a place of a profound and deeper joy. One of my favorite uh, preachers, uh, I don't know why it is that all of my favorite preachers, most of them are English. I got a, one or two that are not English, but, but, but uh, British, I say, because of Welsh and, and English and Scots. But, but the, this one preacher says that, that the more deeply I reflect upon my sin, and repent of it, the more deeply I am overwhelmed with the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus. And you know, I have found that as I spiritually prepare for Christmas, for Easter, as I look into my heart and I I come before the Lord, preparing for Him, realizing my unworthiness, Realizing my sin, not just sin in general, but with particular sins I have, that, that the Lord is still overcoming. But the more I realize that the depth of that sin, the, the greater the grace of God shines.
We're coming up on Christmas. Christmas is the beginning of God's action to save us from sin and death. It is God sending his only begotten son into the world to save us. Think about that. Prepare your heart to say, Lord, in spite of all the wonderful things that are happening at Christmas, giving of gifts, I enjoy giving more and receiving, that's changed in my life. You know, it all, for, until I was saved, it was always about me. But, but those are wonderful things. I mean, I, I can't wait for little Grayson to get that John Deere tractor I'm mailing him. You know, I got a design on it, though, you know. Elizabeth's sister and have a, a farm has been in their family since before the Civil War. And uh, when they pass on, they, they, Elizabeth said to me, nobody will want this farm. Maybe if I send him enough tractors, he'll want it. <laughs> but, but, but we do those things, and they're good things. But do not make the mistake of missing the best thing. When husbands talk to wives and parents talk to children and when we talk to ourselves, let it be clear that the greatest thing about Advent is to remember God's action for us. Be ready for this event. Even as we would be ready for the second coming. Because to make ourselves ready in the presence of the Lord always brings into our life the fruit of joy. Elizabeth and I were talking the other evening about our many loved ones who have passed away. What if Jesus had not have come? What if they had not received the Lord as their Savior? And we know in most instances they did. It would be a time of overwhelming sadness, wouldn't it? I always tell believers and unbelievers alike, that the only t way we will ever see our loved ones again is through and in Jesus Christ. My deacons know I've got a relative that I'm praying for, and they're praying with me. That's wonderful. My deacons are so wonderful. And we're praying for that person's salvation because they're getting old, and when they get old, I want them not to be lost, but to be found. That's the greatest thing of all. Darlene, I sit, see you sitting here today, my precious sister in the Lord, and, and I rejoice that my brother Bill said, I trust him. I haven't seen him for the last time. I see him again. So we who have prepared our hearts at Christmas can reflect upon the eternal hope and, and salvation that is in Jesus through his coming. And what's the result of that? Not sorrow and sadness, certainly not. What is the result of that kind of preparation? Joy. Joy.
Christmas will be here before you know it. Prepare your hearts for the real meaning of Christmas. That you will find a joy everlasting that will far outlast these beautiful decorations. You will find the joy of knowing at a deeper level the greatness of God's love for you. Amen.